0: Adam, how are you? I am very good. I'm very good. How are you? Great. We're delighted to have you on our Monday podcast this week. Um, Really intrigued and interested to see your technical perspective on the markets this week for sure. So it's something a little bit different to to the usual where we're kind of looking more about the fundamentals, but uh, certainly going to be uh, eye opening uh, in terms of how you see the markets at the moment. Obviously, today, Monday, uh, it's a not not a whole lot going on except for what happened to dollar yen there a minute ago um but yeah obviously we've got cpi and ppi us cpi and ppi coming out later in a week which will kind of add some volatility to the markets but um let's i suppose have a quick look and see what's going on so great i suppose we'll start with the the dixie really not a whole lot going on (laughs) you know for for kind of late last week into this week it's just kind of in that range bound kind of stuck uh below that 106 level
1: yeah yeah it's um you know it's uh just what you were just kind of just saying a second ago is is Mondays are funny days they really really are um Larry Williams always used to talk about how Mondays could reverse on Friday's positions so a Monday could be very active or you know not very active at all but it seems that today is one of those where it's not kind of there's not really a lot happening it'll probably pick up uh tomorrow so Mondays are very, just generally very, uh, very funny days, but um, yeah. yeah, and uh, just having a look, you know, we've got, there's a whole lot of things going on at the moment. And if you imagine everything is, as, you know, all these economies around the world, there's different cogs in, you know, that are all playing off each other. We've got, obviously the US is one of the biggest cogs, uh, sorry, it is the biggest, let's just, let's just call it that. And then you've kind of got the Euro dollar and a few others kind of playing off against that. So um, it's interesting because usually the very first thing I'll do is look at the dollar on its own in isolation to see how it's doing. And it's not really offering a lot of clear direction there are times when i can look at the charts and i can tell i'm like okay this is this is yeah. the, the the implication of momentum into the into the next candle into the next yeah. weekly candle is going to be for example very bearish or very bullish yeah. and what we're getting at the moment instead of that is we're getting very much conflicting signals on different time frames which means from a practical standpoint as a day trader that you you are more cautious you uh you have to kind of you have to just let it unfold a little bit at a, at a time whereas there are other days or other weeks when it's very clear that that week is going to be all about dollar strength momentum and dollar strength. absolutely you can just, yeah just play around that so
0: yeah 100 yeah. i mean like dollar has been kind of really downtrending since what the start of October really um yeah. obviously we've seen a bit of a push to the upside there back on what the 6th of November but again like 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 you the first thing i do when i go to the charts is look at dollar <laughs> you know that's my first initial indicator before i even look at anything else um and and it, and it's just hard look i obviously i took a trade a dollar yen trade in, in the app earlier on um only because the level it's at you know it is just at that level now that you know we, we've obviously seen um you know, Japan come in and actually step in and, and and pull that back again. And I look, that was my view from from the start. I've, I've looked at other analysts saying that they think it's going to continue to to run, and we're going to see you know dollar yen in un, uncharted territory, really. But you know, from my standpoint, I just don't see why. I just can't see them letting it run run away. You know, it's just. You know, from from monetary policy, you know, from just just everything yeah. that the consequences of dollar yen continuing to rise it just uh, economically is not good.
1: And that's the thing is, look, if you've been around in the markets kind of long enough, you've you've and you've seen an intervention or you've seen kind of that escalation, you really appreciate the reality of of kind of what could happen. We've seen this with the Swiss National Bank and we've seen it with the boj in the past so uh, what happens is you realize that there are ideally there's where they want to do soft intervention and then a hard intervention um and the horrible part about it for most people who might not be familiar with this is they never warn you when they're going to do the hard intervention you just find out after the fact and so it makes me twitchy when we get when I start hearing their language kind of shifting in that direction because yeah. that means that it could be it could be three weeks away or three months away you don't really know what's going to happen so the 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 catch as well for traders is it's the magic for us is finding a trend that is relatively established and when you look across all the yen pairs, generally speaking, they're all going in the same direction. Some of them are a lot smoother than others. You know, euro yen is looking really good today. I think uh, Swiss yen is generally looking pretty good, um, but when they start talking the way they are now, you have to. Uh, you have to start trading much more defensively because although in theory the the safety is there in terms of that is pretty much where the yen pairs are going to go there's this increased risk of if they had to intervene now you you know from experience they might not do do it for months they might not even they might in fact they will try to avoid doing it if they can absolutely but the fact that they won't do it if they get pushed past a certain point is ridiculous of course they will they've done it before
0: yeah absolutely um looking at obviously other crosses uh from a technical point of view what setups are you kind of looking at at the moment
1: so um I ran through all of them a little bit earlier I did I, I did a bit of a market analysis video for the premium clients and then I did a snippet from that into the free section or sorry the general section not the free section the general section um and there's a couple of things that I like but it's interesting to me for example if I look at uh I'm still pretty much a fan of the majors at this point in time. I like, you know, the euro dollars, sterling are still looking relatively strong to me. And then we get some interesting things uh, on um, some of the euro pairs and GBP pairs are, again, are in, in isolation are looking nice and bullish. So that's interesting to me. I find that as soon as I started going and looking at a few of the other ones, such as Aussie CAD, or Aussie Swissy, then it got a little bit less clear on what their intentions are but I do think if we're just talking about currencies for the time being there's a lot of potential moves this week and quite a few of those charts I expect them to move higher rather than lower which is is odd because you know there should be you would think that if some charts are moving higher others other versions of those currency pairs would move lower just because that's how the pairs are arranged but not necessarily
0: um and you think potential dollar dollar weakness
1: it it is okay so let me make my case so let me make my case for for dollar weakness so the um and this is this is an argument that i have to make in my own head as well and it has to go into my own trading sort of playbook or or at least planning my trades so the weekly in isolation looks looks as though it has a nice it's had a bit of a correction it looks nice as though it's now ready to take another run at that 10650 level but that 10650 level is very strong um and so also, then when I look at the daily, there is no clear trend. So there was an uptrend, then it went into a downtrend, and then it tried going higher, and now it's tried going lower. So there's no clear direction on the daily. The weekly is effectively trying to regroup to go higher. Um, and the monthly is just sort of sliding higher. So if I had to weight it, I would say sort of 60 40 in favor of dollar strength. And yet, Uh, there's also a mild argument to be made for seeing that dollar come back down to come back down a little bit further we're seeing the euro dollar when I look at that and I look at sterling they look quite strong so there's and, and they don't they're not necessarily inversely correlated because if you because, for example, euro dollar doesn't take into account the dollar with oil and crude oils and commodities. It's just against the euro. So um, you can get, a, believe it or not, you can get euro dollar looking strong, for example, but then also get the dollar index looking strong. So that kind of thing can happen. So you you have to you have to kind of um, and look. It's like a Rubik's cube, and you're looking at it from all these different perspectives to try to build up a picture. So I think that there is a possibility of um, the the trends not very strong, but there is a possibility of that dollar index potentially heading down to about 104 so we could get a weaker dollar but we are just released I know this is such a, a, a weak answer because I'm giving you sort of well it's you know it's 50 50 <laughs> but it really is they're mixed there's mixed signals I think a correction to the downside would be good for a tear down to
0: 104 and then resume I yeah. agree. I think there's, there's people need to know traders need to know that sometimes that in situations like this you do have to sit on the fence a small bit you know you, you need some kind of you know further further confirmation um sometimes you know and and you know you're building your bias all the time right even if you are yeah. a technical trader you're still you still have a bias whether that's a buyer or sell bias right and that's built up just from your information that you have logically right um but but sometimes there is that that, that period where it's just there's uncertainty and 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 sometimes holding off holding fire just until we get some further volatility, yeah. some further kind of momentum, then we can kind of look to kind of back up our bias, if you like. Um, so, okay, so dollar, perfect. And let's have a quick look at gold. Um, obviously, we, 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 me and Rory we've been speaking about it quite a lot. I mean, we we kind of rolled it up to two thousand, and we said we should see it pull back from from, from there. And when we've seen that, obviously, from yourself, from a technical point of view, I think you were saying the same thing as well.
1: I am. I am. I was. I was looking for a pullback. To 1940, and the only reason why I have it's it's not common for me to have one particular price level in mind. I'm always like, well, listen, it it could be a, you know, it could be to one of these two levels if we have a normal retracement. But 1940 was a very crisp, clear level, and it ticks a lot of boxes in terms of different time frames and all kinds of different things. So that was we've kind of pulled back to that point, and we are now sitting in an area where I think we've we've had enough of uh, a. Oh, we also had a head and shoulders a kind of head and shoulders pattern that formed yeah. on the daily, and we've kind of fulfilled that that has played out so we're kind of in a sweet spot now we're in this area give or take maybe maybe a little bit further down towards 1924 but even so i'm i'm thinking where we are right now i would look between between today and wednesday so tuesday wednesday i'd be looking for a nice bullish candle to set up if it's gonna if it is going to ultimately work its way back up so it's an interesting the way that we do this sort of technical analysis is i try to imagine okay well if in the future, because we can't predict the future. If in the future, though, gold is going to resume its uptrend and head back up to two thousand and beyond, um, and then I take into account where it is today, I'd be like, "Well, what would it have to? What kind of signals or price action would it have to produce on the daily?" And so you map that out. It's a, it's a simulation in your brain. And then if the market subsequently starts playing out in that way, then it starts gaining momentum. That simulation, or at least that that playbook starts gaining momentum. And so according to my plan simulation, where it is right now, if it is ultimately going to resume, this is the spot where I would expect it to turn around and start producing those bullish signals in the next one or two daily candles. And therefore, that would be it. So we might even see gold. So if, I, if that is how it plays out, we're going to see gold close, obviously, back up potentially higher above 1950 by the end of the week.
0: Sure. Like we are seeing them escalations again Um, in, you know, with the Israel Hamas war, and it doesn't seem yeah. to have affected gold at the moment, but maybe people are just, you know, taking profit off the table at that, you know, at that level. And then it's kind of, you know, we're looking to reset and potentially re-engage. But again, yeah. I don't see any, I don't see 2000 being broke anytime, anytime this year, that's for sure.
1: Uh, it, yeah, you know the thing is, if it if it goes back up there almost immediately, then what you what you can take away from that is, well, the market is keen on testing that, you know. But yeah. if it doesn't go back anytime soon, you're right. Then it's it's exactly that. But I, I sort of sometimes I wonder if we are a little bit like that frog in the in the pot of boiling water sort of thing, where we've become so used to so much crazy stuff going on at the same time all over the place, that the 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 speed at which we absorb a new stressful event yeah. is faster than it would have been we're just like yeah. okay well yeah. what's next you know yeah. right? it's that meme of that dog in the office on fire kind of thing well you know this is fine and we just move on to the next like thing.
0: markets are reactive right as soon as something happens markets react to it but then it just slowly dissipates you know and that kind of is that's it it's the, that's that's the beauty of the markets though right um yeah. having a quick look at some indices um obviously we're seeing seen some some buying coming back into in, into the markets obviously that's that, very, that sentiment is changing very
1: slow it's kind of sporadic yeah. is the way I describe it you kind of last week we had four days of yeah, all over the place and then suddenly Friday we kind of pushed through and, and closed higher and yeah. even now today it's not really doing a lot but based off Friday's surge if I want to call it that um, I would expect I think it's rational and logical to expect that the market is going to attempt to follow through on that but it's a lot of the markets are setting at major levels with, with potential resistance and so right. is there enough to push through yeah we'll, we'll we can just see start. where it wants to go but will it succeed yeah
0: absolutely I mean they're all really at this point in time uh especially the U.S indices really trying to 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 break that downtrend and you know it again if we do see that continuation you know uh, like like I say I I'm not sure exactly what it's off the back of. obviously we're seeing you know uh the the dollar kind of weaken and that's always gonna that's always gonna motivate buyers into in, into stocks um but in talking about stocks I mean what what's on the list what's the stock pick
1: so okay so I've got about 59 different ones sitting in my portfolio and I would say and and it's a it, so I'm more influenced by, say, Peter Lynch, where he would love to have 1000 or 2000 sort of stocks in his portfolio versus Buffett who's, you know, he wants like 10, but he knows exactly why he likes each of those 10. So I, I tend to average my I like the look and the performance of them. But sorry, where I'm going with this is that I have noticed that I'm leaning into heavy tech stuff. And there's yeah. one side of me going, well, hey, we're a technology society now, and there's a lot of amazing stuff happening so just in the last six months alone we have seen spurts in terms of ai integrating itself everywhere Mm -hmm. Um, and and also what's coming next will be architecture jumps in terms of um, um, semiconductors and we're going to see amazing stuff where computers probably over the next two years will be five times faster than pcs we have in the last few years in other words there's, there's going to be a bit of a bump up in terms of, I think, computing power, if it com- especially once AI is integrated into that, which, it, you know, NVIDIA talks about that stuff. So my point here is that uh, I have found myself leaning towards kind of adding more in in terms of that and then trying to balance it out with going with the traditional stuff such as uh, Coca-Cola um, and, you know, other sort of Berkshire Hathaway constituents. But, sorry, I never seem to be able to just give you a quick answer. <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, it was something interesting. There was an article I read the other day, and I would love your feedback on this as well. Is is it, it was Buffett, and it was actually from their conference uh, among us saying that you know bank stocks are always kind of are going to be kind of worthwhile. And the thing is that when I look at a few companies, if I look at say BP, for example, which which peaked in two thousand and has never really managed to get back up there, yeah. um, and you think they're bulletproof because you know they were kind of that was that was what oil was. But when I look at banks, I'm not always convinced uh I've got in my list sorry in my uh, in the portfolio I have I mean, it's uh, value, really
0: isn't it it's looking at value is it that point now is it that value point potentially Morgan oh. Stanley
1: love yeah. the look of that uh mm. that's very good um and so yeah I so my criteria for those who are who are curious who are listening is that it, it I I wanted to look good on paper as well but an f- extra final bonus for me is if I can look at the excuse me if you can look at the price section over on a monthly time frame and it's like a heartbeat. And if you can see that it is generally trending upwards and has been, especially for the last say five, 10 years, then that is a, I mean, that's an oversimplification, but then that, that gets a buy from me. Whereas if you, and BP, for example, you look at that, that's pretty much been kind of going sideways and down for the last 20 years since 2000. So mm-hmm. 23 years sideways and down, that would not qualify. Even if on paper, it looked really good. And dividends is not enough of a, 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 that wouldn't sway me. That's like buying an apartment where you could. Good rentals, but the neighborhood's going down, and so the value is going down. You just kind of and you just offset it. Yeah. So ideally, you want something where it's it's it looks good on paper and also has is generally flowing either sideways and up or you know,
0: you know. Agreed, and and look, potentially there's value there as well, and that that's the that's the flip side of it. I think look with the with all the crashes that happened, you know, there's always going to be a winner. Do you know that kind of oh, hey, like there's always yeah. A-
1: I mean, there are companies that do well in a recession. I mean, we have, we've got stuff that's happening and I can't, and this is the problem when it's early days, I'm not experienced enough to what I mean is from a fundamental analysis perspective. I'm not the guy to say, well, you know, this company has been around three years, but I can look at such and such and tell you, this is going to be big. I can't, I can't do that. Um, Ironically, I was always a fan of Elon Musk and Tesla in the early days when I was like, he's saying all the right things and he's doing all the right stuff. I love the solar panels for the, for the roof. You know, I love all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was a massive, massive, uh, fan of that. And then, uh, recently just with, with, there's a lot of, been a lot of like criticisms of like the quality of the cars and a few other things. And you, and there's so much misinformation out there. You're trying to kind of, and I, and I booked, I was one of the first people to order, you know, when, when they launched the model three, I was like, that's it. I'm getting one. And then it was wait, no, you have to wait three years before you can get it. So yeah. I kind of, so, so what I mean by that is that actually that is not a gift of mine is the ability to determine an early, you know, something that's going to be a big trender. In the end, I, I think I would just go with, okay, what are their, what are their goals and are they on track to achieve those goals?
0: Sure. you know? um, Would you be persuaded by, you know, the person behind the scenes? So, you, you know, you would buy into the owner basically on the back of his, his goals or visions.
1: I, I, that's, that's. The kind of thing that I would, you know, it yeah. was somebody's philosophy because, because to give him credit where credit is due. I don't know if many people know this but the very very first cars that were created were electric and then and then they got caught up in the and then they went sort of to petrol based. No. Um, and most people don't know that. So the very first cars were electric and then very quickly afterwards probably within 10 15 years they went went to fuel based. Um, and but he he he's single-handedly has convinced the world that electric cars are the way to go. Nobody was going to pull the trigger until he did um and then all of a sudden everyone saw there was a market for it so he will forever i think get credit for for doing that um i think the the hyperloop stuff is also i love the promise you know with those kinds of things i think uh you know being able to make everyone energy independent has very interesting geopolitical this we're getting a little bit big here but geopolitical um implications because if you think about how many wars have been started over oil so if you imagine if that you know at some point in our far in our far future that wasn't a factor it would be interesting um
0: I think everyone's kind of waiting for SpaceX to go public right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely um
0: I suppose to, to close it off um give us one potential stock pick that you think's the the winner at the moment
1: okay so I wasn't familiar with this but asml so asml uh and again I uh, so here's the pro i'll talk about the pros and the cons asml build the machines effectively that other companies, such as apple and nvidia and everything use to design their semiconductors. Which actually makes sense, so uh, all the visual for to give it an analogy or another example. All of the visual effects that you see in most movies are usually produced by software, which is then produced by autodesk so you know you can you can you can sort of depending on where in the stages of the the market you want to get in SML would represent I think the roots where you want to get in and apparently you know they work on the technology that they're using today they've been working on for 20 30 years which means that that moat that Buffett's always talking about they have that moat they can't you know where their greatest threat is like espionage um corporate espionage that's kind of that's where the greatest threat. is um I quite like that so I like the look of their of their charts I like everything else and you know they were that's about 500 bucks a share so it's relatively pricey um but I quite like the look of them but that's the good stuff the downside is that uh and sorry and I'm very optimistic about uh arm as well as uh amd ryzen very much a fan because what's happening is we have a the veritable buffet of 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 microchips and sort of technology that's going to boost our um you know our laptops our phones and all these various things now but the only the red flag with it potentially would be that if I'm buying that and Nvidia and, um, you know, and uh, Microsoft and a few others that are steady, I need to be aware that I'm then starting to weight my portfolio with very sort of it's going to be very techy. And if we have, you know, a point where technology doesn't matter anymore, that's going to take the biggest hit. So that's, that's where the red flag is. But yep, that's, that's the one I really like the look of.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, look, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it's been uh, certainly insightful and I look forward to bringing you back then as well. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks. Um, thanks.
1: Have a great week, guys. Thank you very much.
0: Take care now. Bye-bye.